Um, this morning, Ronnie and Linda are out of town. They're taking a well-deserved vacation. Um, so we are blessed to have Bud Mooney, the current, at least for another couple weeks, chairman of our elder board, uh, sharing with us from scripture this morning. Uh, Bud has been a part of this church as long as I have and longer than that, as long as I remember, and uh, has served faithfully as an elder for a lot of that. And I appreciate uh, the wisdom that God speaks through him, and I, and I know that he's going to do some more today. So take it away, Bud. Okay. Well, he said longer than he's been here, uh, not too much longer. Uh, we came in uh, 2004, uh, but I've been associated in some form with this church for quite a long time. Uh, we uh, moved around quite a bit and at one point uh, wound up in Greenleaf, Kansas and the closest church that wasn't Catholic um, or, or Lutheran and I just didn't feel comfortable there uh, we wound up going to Washington, Kansas at the Christian church uh, for those of you that's been around a while, you know that the Christian church in Washington was the home church for uh, two of the pastors that was here. And uh, Daryl Boston, uh, we really got acquainted with their family. Morse Grahams, uh, again, uh, with their family. And then our daughter, oldest daughter moved here and so we came back and forth so we've we've been associated with this church for ever since the 80s <laughs> but uh, just living here uh, since 2004 but uh, we are so privileged to call this our church home well over the last few weeks Ronnie has been talking about uh, membership, baptism, uh, and he talked about uh, giving last week, and all of these are kind of foundational, if you will, to our growing as a body. Um, there's probably a lot of reasons why we do these things. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, let you know kind of what led me uh, to do these things. Um, so when Jesus first uh, rose from the grave and that last song, I didn't know they were going to play that, but that kind of leads into what I'm talking about here for a moment. But when he rose from the grave, you remember the story, he was walking down the road to Emmaus and there was two other individuals and as they conversed along the way Jesus went from Moses through all the prophets concerning all the things in, in scripture about himself now why would he go starting with Moses well let's do a quick history lesson Moses 
wrote the first five books of the Bible. So starting from the very beginning, Jesus could tell his new friends that he was walking with all about himself from Scripture. Now, if you know those first five books, of course, Genesis is the beginning of all of mankind. And then Moses is the perfect one for Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He lived it. So starting from Moses was a good thing. And so we're going to start there also. When we get to the story of of Moses, the thing that really stands out, I guess, is his experience with the burning bush. God called him through the burning bush. When when Moses uh, went up to see what the burning bush was all about, Jesus or God, get get my people mixed up, sorry about that, but God gave him a call. And in chapter 3 of of, uh, Exodus, uh, Moses gets this call, and immediately he says, "Here here I am, here am I. And then... It didn't take long, and he starts uh, kind of backing down when, when God talked with him. And, but what if the people aren't going to listen to me? Because his call was to go to Egypt and tell the elders of the church, the children of, of Israel, that God has sent me. And then he had to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That's a big call. It sounded good at first, but there's nothing wrong with asking some questions. And so he started asking some questions. Okay, what if they don't believe me? Who should I say sent me? And on and on it went for a while. So God says, Moses, what's in your hand? And he says, a staff. God showed him through that staff a lot of miracles and of course we get the ten plagues later on and how Moses used that staff and after seeing all of these miracles that God had had showed him what did Moses do? Uh, Well I'm not a very good speaker Uh, No, why why don't you get somebody else? Does that sound like us? We get a job. Somebody wants us to do something in the church, and at first it sounds good, but then we get to looking at it, and uh, no, I'm not so sure. Now, like I say, it's good to ask questions, but after, if you can imagine, after seeing the miracles that God said, I will perform through you, and then saying, "Uh, no, I can't do it. (laughs) Um, 
Moses was a man just like the rest of us. Our Tuesday morning men's Bible study just finished a book about Elijah, a man like us. There was nothing different about the great men of the Bible. They were human. But the difference was they were getting a call from God through the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. Why do we hesitate when we're asked or God speaks through us through his word? Because God does speak to us today. No, I can't do that. Get somebody else. I don't have time. And on and on those things go. But Moses finally went. And so as we get through Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, it's the children of Israel winding through the desert. And we get to Deuteronomy, and they're ready to go into the promised land. When they get ready to go into the promised land, they're right at the brink of crossing the Jordan. But Moses doesn't get to go in. You can read the story. He didn't do everything like he was supposed to. He let his anger get a, a hold of him a couple of times. And God said, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. But he stands there and shows him all of that land. And Moses then gives a proclamation, and that's what most of Deuteronomy is, commands before you go into the promised land. And in chapter 8, he tells them to remember all of the dealings that God did, all the, all the miracles that he did crossing the desert and, and all this time, these 40 years that, that we've been there. And then he gives him this call, the call to commitment. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? But you fear the Lord your God to walk in all his ways and love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all, all your mind, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am uh, commanding you today for your good. We have commandments throughout the scripture, whether it be New Testament, Old Testament, and it's for our good, just as it was for the good of the children of Israel. But let's jump ahead about 700 years. And here we have the book of Micah. Micah is, is one of those minor prophets along with Hosea. They were there about the same time. Again, if you read through the story, you know 
Israel split into two groups, the southern group, the northern group, ten tribes, two tribes. Well, Hosea prophesied to the northern tribe, while Micah preached to the southern tribe of Judah. Although he was one of the minor prophets, uh, there was three different scriptures from his book that has been used throughout scripture uh, by other people. So even though we think we're not as good as someone else, we're, we're a minor uh, person, uh, we've still got some good things that can come out of us, uh, just as, as did with Micah. But in Micah, um, and here I, I kind of blew it, uh, Micah chapter 8, or ch chapter 7, verse 6, uh, is one of the places where it was commissioned. In, in chapter 4, uh, it's one of the most important uh, descriptions of, of the Bible of the future glory of Israel. And then Micah 6.8 tells us, in reply to God had again told the children of Israel, hey, you've sinned, I've got this against you. And so Israel decides, okay, God, we're going to follow you again, and we're going to start sacrificing. But here's what God tells them. I have told you in the past what is good. And what does the Lord require you? But to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. Almost sounds like what Moses was saying. Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. A uh, little different wording, but uh, same thing. Okay, so let's jump another 700 years. Now we're at the New Testament, Jesus. In 68, uh, 26 AD, Christ began his ministry. We have the first miracle. And I like to use the book of John to uh, learn about, about Jesus. Um, from the book of John, um, if you want to know the character of, of Christ, read John. If you want to know how to live by faith through him, read John. So we're going to do, uh, be in John here for, for a little while. Uh, it's one of my favorite books. So, Jesus begins his ministry in chapter 3. If you remember, uh, it's there that Nicodemus, one of the, the Pharisees, comes to him. And his, this is where Jesus tells him, you must be born again. What's that all about? And so he has to explain uh, what it means to be born again. In that, we get one of the favorite scriptures of all times, John 3:16. Or it says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that 
whoever believes in him should have everlasting life. That is the beginning of his ministry. As he goes on through his ministry, um, he has a lot of good things that he does, a lot of teaching, preaching, uh, parables, all of that. And then we get to John, about the middle of John chapter 13. And that's where he really uh, gets down to some very serious teaching. Starting in at, at verse 34 or 31 through chapter 17 is some of the most powerful teaching that Jesus did. This is right before he goes to the cross. It's in, in this part of scripture where he, in chapter 14, um, he talks about them knowing the way that he's going to be going away. In verse six, he tells them, I am the, the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Here's where we uh, get to relying on who he is and what he's doing. It's also, we start getting into learning about the Holy Spirit. In these verses, um, Jesus says it's imperative that I go away. If I don't, the Holy Spirit can't come. I'm going to send this Holy Spirit to you. He's a new comforter. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on the prophets as God saw fit to use them. In the New Testament, when, after Christ died and went back to heaven, before he went, he told them to go wait in the upper room and the Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would receive power to be his witnesses. If we have a lot of faith, if we have a little faith, and we understand that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live within us, to guide us, to strengthen us, are we going to be like Moses and say, ah, I don't know about this. Even though God showed miracles to Moses, he had questions and doubts. We're going to have some questions and doubts. But our firm belief needs to be in what Christ did on the cross for us. And that his going back to heaven, he sent to his disciples to carry on his work. To me, the most powerful thing in this John chapter 13 to 17 comes about in, the, in chapter 17. This is a intercessory prayer 
that Jesus has, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but as he gets to, towards the end of it, he says, I do not ask thee to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not the world, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. The word is truth. And as thou didst send me into the world, I also send them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in me. Now he's talking to the disciples. We look at scripture and we think, okay, this is a story. This is something that uh, doesn't affect us. But the next verse affects us very much. Verse 20 of chapter 17. I do not ask in behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. Right before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed for all of us that we would be sanctified just as the disciples were to be sanctified. Can you grasp the importance that Christ prayed for each one of us and then sent us into the world to spread the gospel? We each have a part in that. Make no mistake, we are all called. Paul writes in 2 Timothy, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling. In Hebrews chapter 3, when speaking of Christ being greater than Moses, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, he was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in his house. Are we going to be faithful as Christ was, as Moses was, to carry on the gospel? We all have a sphere of influence. We can't all be teachers, preachers. As we look in the book of Ephesians, In chapter 4, it says, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as preachers and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body in Christ. God has given us tools. First of all, he gave us Christ. Second, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And now Paul's saying, hey, there's teachers, preachers, uh, all for the building up of the saints. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you are a saint. Paul's writing this to you, as he did to me. I, had, I, I think we have to look at Scripture and take it personal. It's not a history book. I've heard said, if you look at the word Bible, and I think the military uses a lot of, I, I don't know what the exact call is, but they have these 
big names and then they just take the first letters and have all this alphabet soup stuff. So let's take Bible. It's basic instruction before leaving earth. That's what we have here. And it's up to us to spread that word to help give other people instructions before leaving earth. And he's doing this where the body is built up and we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the statute through which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about in every wind of doctrine to the trickery of men by craftiness and deceitful uh, scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head of uh, even Christ, from whom the whole body being joined and held together by that which uh, every uh, joint supplies according to the, pe the, yeah, the <laughs> proper working of each individual causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself. It's up to each one of us to help build up the whole body. If you go to to Romans chapter 12. Paul talks about the body ministry and how we're all joined together. And just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each one exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service to the serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts to his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. We all have these spiritual gifts out there for us to use. In chapters 12 through and 14, he gets on into the work of the Holy Spirit. I'll let you get into to that. I'm not going to... to uh, we got all these things out here. I could be here for quite a while, and I don't think we want to go into all of that. But this is some of the best teaching. Jesus, in chapter 16 of John, says it's important that I go away. If not, the Holy Spirit doesn't come. And then Paul here gives us some very specific instructions how the Holy Spirit should be used and can be used in each of our lives. 
So how did I get to where I am? These scriptures I took personally that I had to read, I had to study, and it was, well, I grew up in the church. I'll, I'll put, it, put it this way. My mother was very committed to making sure us kids were in church. From the time I was born, she took us to church. Uh, I've got a, a certificate that took me from the nursery class into the beginner's class. Uh, and then from there you progress on up the line. So I've been in church all my life. But as a teenager, I had to make the choice. No, it's, it's not because my mother brought me to church. It's not because I went to Bible school, uh, several Bible schools. Our neighborhood, we had two or three different uh, churches represented. And so in the summertime, we went to two or three different Bible schools. Everybody, okay, here's where I go. Let's go to, go to yours. I'll go to yours. Uh, I had a lot of teaching. Um, boys being boys, uh, we didn't always pay attention like we should. We actually had one Bible school. We literally got kicked out. But uh, that's, that's another story. Uh, but growing up, uh, church was a very important part of, of our life. Um, again, as a teenager, uh, my brother-in-law, my oldest sister, uh, became our youth leaders. Um, I can't say that I actually had a a human voice or a, that, that says you ought to be a teacher but my brother-in-law taught a, a class on the Bible and for those who wanted to teach it was very I thought very unique he uh, said okay uh, the very first session I want all of you to to go buy a help book, whether it be a commentary, a religious atlas. Um, I chose a Knave's Topical Bible. I mean, that thing is that thick. Uh, but it's in alphabetic order uh, of different uh, themes, if you will, and then all the scriptures that go along with those. And so we had all of these different tools that we could use, and he showed us how to use them. That kind of got me on the thinking about actually teaching. Several years later, uh, say the job that I had, um, we traveled around, we moved about every three years, and so we attended a lot of different churches 
Uh, I grew up Pentecostal, by the way. Uh, and I'm not going to get too deep into the, the Holy Spirit because we, like I say, that could get us going a long, long way. But by learning what Scripture actually says about the Holy Spirit and how He works in our lives, that had an effect on me. And so in the late 70s, um, one of the churches we belonged to, I started teaching. I started out uh, the first class was with the fifth and sixth grade boys. That didn't work. Uh, I was too much of a disciplinarian or something, but that just wasn't clicking. But I started teaching um, adult education, and I've been doing that ever since. Um, I would encourage those of you who want to, to become teachers because it helps you really get into the scripture. It helps you to, it, it almost forces you to get into the scripture. You have to, when putting a, a lesson together, and even with my sermon today, you, put, you get so much other material because you want to answer questions and Hope you have all the bases covered, which you never do. But um, by becoming a teacher, you learn more, you're forced to learn more and more about how God works in your life. And you will get a specific call, maybe not to teach, it could change. But if you teach a lesson or two, uh, it'll put you on a path to be receptive, be receptive of what Christ wants in your life. So with that, with the help of the Holy Spirit that now lives in each one of us, we can show God's love and do the good works God has prepared for us according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, where he tells us that we are saved by faith and not of works, so no man can boast. But that verse 10 says that we, can, we are God's workmanship and we can do the good works that he's already prepared for us. What are those good works? Jesus in, in one of his parables says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was weary, you gave me rest. I was in prison, you came to visit me. I was sick, you came and helped me. And the people ask him, when did we do all of this? When you do it to the least of one of these, my brother. God has prepared good works for all of us to do. We're not all gonna be teachers, preachers, evangelists. We're not all gonna be able to give a whole lot. We're not able to do several things, but each of us, according to our faith, God is there to give us a gift to help us to spread the gospel. We are to be the Bible to all those round about us. What is your sphere of influence? I don't know. 
But whatever it is, if you'll lean on, on God's word, he's given you the strength, the power, and the tools to accomplish it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you give to guide and direct us. We thank you for your love that you sent your son to die for us. And then in, in dying for us, he paid the price that should have been ours. So we just ask, Lord, that you would convict each of our hearts that we would do the commands that you give us. And from the Old Testament to the New Testament, those basic foundations are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And like Jesus said, the second is like the first, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Through your love, we can show that same love when we lean upon you and your word and the Holy Spirit to guide us. We ask all this in thy name. Amen.